lovely to meet you, Kyle. We're going to um, jump into God's Word now. Um, so I'm going to let you go and get ready um, to speak. Um, and I'm going to open up the Bible for us. Um, tonight we're opening uh, James, the book of James. Um, James chapter 3, starting at verse 13. Um, I'm going to open it up here, um, and I'll let you do the same at home. Um, so just give me like three seconds. Perfect. James chapter 3, starting at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness." What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures." Well, what a year it's been. We thought 2020 was bad enough. Remember, we celebrated the end of 2020 with memes like this one. Whatever you do, don't ever set the time machine to 2020. And then along came 2021. And we find ourselves in a longer lockdown with more serious COVID numbers and less resilience to keep fighting on. Cooped up in lockdown, stuck in Groundhog Day, longing for life to get back to something near to normal, even if it's some kind of crazy new normal. And if you're feeling the strain, I'm with you. We are in the middle of a tough time, aren't we? Yes, we know many other parts of the world have had a tougher time even than we have. In God's kindness, we've escaped much of the worst of COVID, but it's still hard. Still very hard, and it seems to be getting harder right now. You may be feeling scared. You might be feeling angry. You are probably feeling somewhat isolated and alone. What does God have to say to us in this hard place? What does God have to offer us in our hardship? Can God speak into our suffering with anything that will bring us comfort? That's what we're going to explore over the next three Sundays. We're going to lean into those feelings of isolation and loneliness and we're going to look at what God has to say about these things in this hard place. Now, it won't be all lollipops and butterflies because God treats us like grown-ups and his comfort is sometimes quite challenging. We'll be asking some hard questions and perhaps finding some hard answers. And over the three weeks, we'll be trying to work out how God meets us in our aloneness and offers us something even better than just an end to the lockdown. I don't know whether you've noticed it, but um, we've all been learning things during lockdown. Uh, I'm not really talking about baking sourdough or learning how to use virtual Zoom backgrounds. 
I wonder whether you've been learning things about yourself and about how you relate to others. Now, I know you will find this hard to believe, but sometimes I am not as patient with idiots as I thought I was. Don't worry, I haven't done the full COVID rage thing yet. But in this lockdown, I've learned a few things about myself and about my tolerance levels. And I suspect you have too. Because COVID is the big disruptor of relationships right now, but it's not the only thing that disrupts relationships, even at the moment. I read an interesting article about this in the Sydney Morning Herald just a couple of weeks ago up on the screen. It was about a lady who'd, uh, who, who witnessed a pretty ugly road rage scene and was asking a lot of hard questions. Has COVID made us cruel? Or do we need to dig a bit deeper? and face up to an even harder reality that perhaps this Guardian article gets a little bit closer. Is COVID just the perfect excuse for bad behaviour? So what do we do when COVID is over? Is there a more profound root problem behind our relationship struggles that is perhaps amplified by the stress of COVID and by the, the social isolation of lockdown? And I love how some of the more honest COVID memes have started to, to hint in this direction. Here's one. Don't worry about the lockdown. We can now spend time as a happy family. And we all know what happens next, don't we? History also tells us something very interesting in this space. You probably know the last great pandemic to grip our world was the 1918 Spanish flu. It's estimated that a third of the world's population became infected with it. And a massive 50 million people died from the Spanish flu. And that number seems astronomical, even at the moment with the numbers that were being thrown around in our world. Yet, in the two world wars, either side of that pandemic, we humans managed to kill an estimated 80 to 120 million humans without the aid of a virus. If you are trying to identify the biggest threat to human life on this planet, viruses are bad, but the evidence suggests that human beings are capable of being even worse. Can I bring it a little bit closer to home for you? In your own extended family, chances are you have relatives who don't talk to each other. Have you ever wondered why Auntie Catherine does not talk to her brother anymore? Why does that cousin refuse to relate to that cousin? Why does that whole family not come to Christmas when that other family comes? The issue is not just a virus, is it? Let me read to you again some of the verses at the end of the passage from the book of James that we just read. I'm going to read from James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. It's not just COVID, is it? There is something about us humans and the Bible puts its finger on it right there in these verses. It's something about us. The disconnect problem being felt around our world right now 
has deep roots back into our earliest history. It is not that COVID has created our disconnect. We've been struggling with disconnection for a long time. The disconnect problem starts with us. The disconnections begin deep within each one of us. The Bible says that it flows out of desires that battle deep within us. Now, it's interesting. Desires don't sound like bad things, do they? Isn't it good to have desires? You might desire to care for the environment. Perhaps you desire to eradicate cruelty to animals. Or or maybe your desire is to care for people living in poverty around the world. Desires don't sound like bad things to be motivated by. But if you look closely at the verse, there are clues about why desires can cause such disconnecting trouble. Let me read to you from verses 2 and 3 again. You desire, but do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. There's a clear emphasis in these verses, isn't there? And you can see the problem. It's all about you. Now God is speaking to each one of us here. We are the you. And I'm sure you realize how easy it is to become self-focused, self-absorbed, self-serving. In fact, I wonder whether our desires battle within us because we do have some good altruistic desires for the good of others whether that's for the environment or for animals or people living in poverty, we have good desires. But those good desires have to fight it out with all of those other desires in us, those natural selfish desires to look after number one. And I'm sure you can see why these self-focused desires leave us disconnected from each other. If you really want to mess up a relationship, just live for yourself. Nothing messes up relationships better than selfishness. You see, when I just want what's good for me and you just want what is good for you, working together is going to be really difficult. You can see why these verses talk about quarrels and fights. When my selfishness runs into your selfishness, of course we're going to have to fight out. Whose selfishness gets to win? Isn't it interesting how the Bible so clearly identifies the root cause of our disconnection. In just three verses, God has exposed the deep root cause of human conflict. It's because I want to look after me and you want to look after you and we're going to have to fight it out to see who comes out on top, who gets to win. It's the history of our world from the enormous horrors of both world wars to the private pain of family disconnection. It all comes down to that human problem of selfishness. In our selfishness, we're all armed and ready for battle. And that means we've caused some of this disconnect problem that we are talking about. But where is God in all of this? Does God have a solution 
to this problem of disconnection? Is God doing anything about this problem? We need to go back to the beginning of our passage to check that out. So we're at point two, wisdom and peace. And go back to chapter 3, verse 13 for a moment. Let me read it to you. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. James introduced this whole section, this whole topic of, of wisdom. He, he introduced it by, by raising this idea of, of wisdom. It's wisdom that's going to help you in this area. Wisdom is a funny word, isn't it? Because it feels as though we know exactly what it means. But if you ever tried to define what it is, what is wisdom? Wisdom is more than just knowing stuff, isn't it? Wisdom is not just about intelligence. I work at a university. We understand there is a big difference between intelligence and wisdom. I think Gary Larson gets pretty close to it in this cartoon. Here's the difference between intelligence and wisdom right there. You see, wisdom starts with knowledge, but it doesn't end with knowledge. Wisdom is about good actions that flow out of good thinking. So wisdom should be visible in the life that embraces it. Verse 13 says it, doesn't it? If you claim to be wise, then your life should reflect that. But as we read further into this passage, James shows us that there are competing views of wisdom in our world, competing views about what is the wise way to live. Let's keep reading. Verses 14 to 16. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. You see, James is saying there is what you might call wisdom, in inverted commas, and this kind of wisdom feeds on those self-focused vices that we've just been talking about to get ahead in life. And sometimes this self-focused wisdom really does get you ahead. So you can make a lot of money living by the greed is good mantra. You can climb the ladder at work really quickly if you never give a sucker an even break. You can get ahead of others if you live by that old rugby saying, do unto others before they do unto you. And maybe... Maybe you're still trying to live that way and find some kind of joy in it, in living by that kind of self-focused wisdom. I suspect James calls it wisdom, inverted commas, because sadly it does often work to get you ahead, to get you what you want. But the collateral damage to relationships is a very big price to pay. God has a very different wisdom to offer you. The self-driven lifestyle of envy and personal ambition puts you at war with anyone who stands in your way or tries to share the spotlight with you. But God's wisdom is very different. Let's have a look, verses 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. God's wisdom makes peace. 
God's wisdom cares about the needs of other people. God's wisdom is about treating other people with respect and kindness. And can you see all those actions that we just read about? They all characterize God's wisdom and they are all pro-relationship rather than anti-relationship. Actions like peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, impartial, sincere. They're the kind of characteristics that treat others with dignity and respect. And they create peace in relationships rather than division and disconnection. And that's why the very first word, the very first verse of our passage tonight, used the word humility to describe wisdom. Humility is about not having to overpower other people. It's about being able to enjoy the strengths of others, not just to have all the strengths in yourself. You see, it's not always about having to prove that you're the smartest guy in the room. Have you noticed that the smartest guy in the room is not usually the guy trying to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room? Okay, let's dial it back even further. Have you noticed that the smartest guy in the room is not usually a guy? Yeah. Uh, humility is about not having to prove that you're the smartest guy in the room, the toughest guy in the pub, the funniest guy at the party. It's all part of God's wisdom that connects people together rather than disconnecting people apart. Verse 18 is right. The harvest of this kind of secure, wise behavior is peace in relationships. Can you see that God's wise way to life is very different to all of the self-focused wisdom that we come up with on our own when we don't listen to God. So where does that leave us? We're at point three, our last point today. Where does this leave us? I suspect that most of us on our own, without God, live in a very hard place of wanting peace, but often starting wars. I mean, who doesn't want more peace in their life? You would like a bit less rivalry and fighting in the relationships that you have, wouldn't you? You could handle a little bit less conflict at work or at uni, in your family, perhaps even amongst your friends. Wouldn't we all like a bit more peace in our relationships? So why do we so often find ourselves at war? And why so often in a war that we have started? It's incredibly frustrating, isn't it? We long for peace in our lives, but we keep sabotaging that peace and starting wars. Do you have a solution to this problem? Do you have a solution to this disconnection problem? Perhaps you're just trying not to care. Do you just move on and burn through relationships one after another after another and just keep moving on? And you try and tell yourself, oh, it's, it's always the other person's problem? Do you think the Bible is right to diagnose the root cause of the problem as selfishness? And do you think it's possible that that selfishness could sometimes be yours? Perhaps the most important step in finding a solution to this disconnection problem is to first admit that I am part of the problem. I loved seeing COVID memes get honest like this and kind of come to that realisation. Let me show you a few. 
My commute is now from my bed to my living room and I'm still late to work every day. I am beginning to think I am the problem. Very honest, very helpful. And again, I hate working from home, especially the people I work with. Yeah, way too honest. And thirdly, from your own backyard, the St. Ives community page, I went food shopping today and had the rudest, slowest, hopeless checkout person. I guess it's my own fault for using the self-service lane. Love the honesty. Can you face up to that cold, hard reality that you might be part of the problem? And can you see the wisdom in God's wisdom? Would you like a bit more of the peace that God's wisdom can bring to your life? The way to access God's wisdom is to first access God. You might have heard Christians talking about having a relationship with God. It's in that relationship with God that people like you and me can access God's wisdom. We're going to talk a lot more about how to access God and his wisdom next week. But let me just briefly show you this wisdom of God in action. See, how would you expect God to treat people like you and me who keep starting wars and hurting the people that God made and God loves? Let me read to you just one more verse from the Bible up on the screen from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 18. It says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This verse is good, pe- good news for people who are brave enough to admit that they might be part of the problem. You see, when you admit that you might be part of the problem, you might expect that God would not want anything to do with you, would not want a relationship with a troublemaker like you. But this verse gives us great hope, doesn't it? God doesn't hold troublemakers at bay until they get their act together. God doesn't wait for selfish people to clean up their own mess. God, the righteous one, went out of his way to rescue all of us unrighteous ones And he did it by suffering death on the cross in our place, paying the penalty for our sin, for our unrighteousness, in our place through death on a cross. That is the beautiful wisdom of the God that we are talking about. And in his kindness, he is willing to bring you back into a relationship with him where you can learn from his wisdom about how to live well in relationships with others. That's what we'll be talking about over the next two weeks. So I really hope you can join us again next Sunday as we get to know the God who obviously cares about us and can really help us through this hard time. I'm going to finish up by praying that God would help us with all these feelings of disconnection and aloneness. So would you please pray with me? Our Father in heaven... We recognize that the aloneness that we feel is about more than just COVID lockdowns. We are sorry that our selfish desires start so many conflicts and hurt the people we love. Thank you for not rejecting us in our unrighteousness. Thank you for Jesus whose death in our place provides forgiveness and a way back. Please help us to trust Jesus and please bring us into a right relationship with you where we can learn your wisdom for life and relationships. And we pray this through Jesus, our only hope and saviour. 
Amen. Well, we've done a quick seating change here, swapped out Ben for Carl, because we're going to do some Q&A now. Um, I'm really excited for people to get a chance to have their questions answered. Um, and I'm actually going to start with a question we got this morning, because I thought it was quite insightful um, and uh, a helpful reflection on what you said. So it's more, a bit more of a statement, but I think there's a question there. It says... I agree selfishness is a problem, but there are plenty of unselfish people. Have you painted everybody with the same brush? Yeah, okay, very interesting. Um, and I think this is where the Bible really helpfully talked about our desires battling or being at war within ourselves because everyone is capable of doing good altruistic things. And sadly, everyone is also capable of doing very selfish, hurtful things. And so we've got, this, we, we've got this battle going on of the, wanting to do the good things, the environment, the poor people, the animals, and yet still that overriding desire to look after ourselves. So I'm not saying that people won't ever do anything good. I just think there's that constant battle that we all know from our own experience of our own selfishness overriding even those good things we want to do. And unless we actually dig into that and kind of lean into that and think about what are we going to do about that, it's going to go on causing hardship in relationships and we can do something about that. God has a solution to that problem and that's what we're going to be talking about over these three weeks. So you're saying that of course we see people do good things and that's a beautiful thing but we can also recognise that everyone has selfishness in them at times and that's, that's the problem that we need to address. That's right. That, uh, that battle of desires, um, we actually need to work out. And in a sense, um, next week we're going to think about how when I don't treat you very well, I don't, I'm not just, I don't just have a problem with you. I, God cares about you. I've got a problem with God if I don't treat you very well. And so we'll, we'll dig into that and lean into that a bit next week as well. Yeah, that's, that sounds really interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing that next week. Um, second question is human connection, kindness to others, generosity, good things like that, not possible without Christianity? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. So we've just kind of... Um, it, it's another way into what we've just been covering. It's that, that battle of desires. Um, look, I think all people are capable. We, we can see that around us. Um, no matter what you believe, uh, because God's made you in his image, you are capable of doing good things... Um, the problem is that you're not just capable of doing good things, you're also capable of doing some pretty horrible things. And it's those horrible things that are going to get in the way of you relating well with each other, with other people, and are going to get in the way of you relating to God rightly. Because he's angry that you've been treating people badly. Um, and so really, what are we going to do with that relationship with God and that relationship with each other? How can we actually deal with that problem? And Jesus is the answer we'll be thinking about next week. So I guess there's the, the problem of selfishness doesn't just hurt us, like you were saying before, it hurts our relationship with God. And so without addressing that, without that's right. thinking about that, then that's kind of how we say it's not We, it's we not just possible. keep burning through more relationships and the, the ultimate relationship, and that is with God, that we burn through. Mm, very interesting, very challenging Stick around to keep hearing about that in the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to finish on this question, which is a bit more 
practical, thinking about how do we take this and, and live in, in response to it. How do we live for others in our relationships without becoming a doormat to them? Yeah, really good question. And this will be our topic for week three. So that's two weeks' time. We're going to dig into this very issue. Um, the, the spoiler is Jesus managed to do it. So he was the most powerful person the world has ever seen. He served others. He wasn't a doormat. He's the, he's the key. So we'll dig into that in two weeks' time. I'll, I'll just give that much of a, a teaser at this point. It's full of teasers. It's making me very <laughs> excited to hear the next two weeks. Excellent. Um, well, thank you for sharing. That's what we've got time for tonight. But like Ben mentioned earlier, we think these questions are so valuable. And we'd love to give Carl a chance to address them. And we'd love for you to have a chance to hear his thoughts on them. And so um, I think you're going to come back to some of them. You're going to film some more answers. And they'll go out on our social media and our website during the week. So if you've asked a question or if you've seen one that you really want to hear the answer to, um, then head to our website during the week or check us out on social media and you should be able to find, uh, find the answers there. And so that would be really great. Um, well, we've, you've shared a little bit about this already, but can you give us maybe one more teaser for next week to keep us excited? Well, tonight we've kind of looked at things from a human perspective. Next week we'll look at God's perspective on how we treat each other. Uh, what does it mean for God the way, we, uh, the way we treat each other? And so in a sense, that's, that's kind of, we'll be lifting our gaze, seeing it, how God is going to uh, respond to the way we treat each other. Great. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're really glad you came. Um, and if you didn't get a chance to check in and say hi, then uh, we would love for you to do that. So um, please find the link and let us know that you are here. Uh, but otherwise, we hope to see you next week and hope you have a great week.